Uh, if you're newer with us, my name is Ed, and I'm one of the pastors here. And somebody came up to me this morning and said, happy anniversary. And I thought, good Lord, I've forgotten my anniversary. That <laughs> just completely escaped me. Uh, if you've been around uh, Gateway for any time at all, then you have heard us use the phrase authentic Christian community. And if you, if you cut our wrists, and please don't, but if you cut our wrists, that's what we believe. And that's what we try to lean into. It's difficult work being community, but we try. Authentic, Jesus-centered community. And I want to talk to you just really quickly about what that means. So I'm going to put a definition on the screen for you. Authentic, Jesus-centered community is a group of people who live the life of Jesus. That's where it starts. People who do what Jesus did, who, who act like Jesus acted, who, who think with the mind of Jesus. They do this with and for one another because what God has done in me and to me, he's done for us. And what God has done in you and to you, he's done for us, with and for one another, sharing their lives and resources in a way that is loving, interdependent, and radically open to others. You've already seen that when we first started Gateway, we started it by knocking on doors. And I, I did that in uh, a couple of neighborhoods in Herndon, a neighborhood in Reston, a couple of neighborhoods in Centerville, a couple of neighborhoods in Ashburn, a neighborhood in Sterling. And I did this entire area here, the Dulles South area. And by the way, at the time, that was 500 homes in South Riding. And I knocked on, your homes weren't here yet. And I knocked on every single one of those doors. Dean and Althea were one of those doors. Uh, one of the places I went to was a town home in South Riding. Uh, I knocked on a door, nobody answered. I go next door, there's someone in the garage. I thought, good, this is convenient. So I walk up, I say, hi, my name's Ed Allen. Flash this toothy-headed grin. I've got a full head of brown hair. Um, he, he, uh, he says, oh, oh, I don't live here. I'm just stealing my neighbor's tools. I said, well, I won't tell. I'm, I'm surveying in the neighborhood. I've got seven questions. Take less than five minutes. You got less than five minutes. He says, I'm not the person you want to talk to. I said, why? He said, because I'm definitely not religious. I said, you're exactly who I want to talk to. I'm just trying to find out who's here, who lives here in Northern Virginia. Okay. So we talk. I ask him a few questions. He answers. He's definitely not religious. I'm, I'm about to walk off. And he said, you know, the interesting thing is, my grandmother just died, and I just, I, I went to her funeral, they lived in Alabama, and it was amazing to me, the, the, the support around her, and the way that her, uh, the church friends just leaned into and loved on my grandfather, they just did things without being asked, and, and it's like they anticipated all his needs. At one point, somebody was outside cutting his grass. They even took care of me. Somebody loaned me a car. He goes on and on, tells, tells me the story of his week in Alabama and how supported he felt. And then he looked at me and he said, you know what? I would like to have that. And I said, you don't get to have that without investing in this. So that's our charge this morning. I want you to hear from some folks who have done that, who have invested in this and, and uh, some of what's happened because of that over the years. And we'll start with you, Lena. Hi, everyone. My name's Lena Dugan. I've been coming to Gateway for a few years now. Um, I'm just really excited. Uh, I've gotten a chance to learn these ladies' stories over the last few days, and I'm excited to share those um, with you guys. So we're just having a conversation up here, ladies. Um, Evie, I hear you have been at Gateway since the very beginning. So tell me what was going on back then. Okay, yes, I have, and 
we started, uh, we were living in Alexandria at the time that Gateway became an idea. And um, I was raising three young girls. My husband is an attorney and was very busy at that time. At that point in his career, he was traveling a lot. So I was home with the girls a lot. Um, and when we heard about the church, we moved to Ashburn uh, to help start the new church, which, as you heard earlier, did not have a name. And for several years before this, I had been suffering from clinical depression. I, didn't, I started out not even knowing that I was, and it just kind of snowballed and uh, got worse and worse. And the, week, the weekend right after we moved, Ed had a retreat for the whole church up, um, I guess it was up in Maryland somewhere. And that, so anyway, 30 people went to the retreat. Because that was the whole church. That was the, the whole church. <laughs> and th that's probably kids too, but my kids came with me. Rob came, my husband, and um, had to leave halfway through the retreat. And Ed had designed the retreat so that uh, we were sitting in small groups and sharing prayer requests, and I don't remember doing this, which is kind of a hallmark of depression, if you've ever known anyone who has it or suffered from it. I don't remember a lot from that time. So I don't remember what I said or what I shared, but I obviously shared something about, please pray for me. I'm going through a hard time. And Rob left, and I was dreading going home to my house. It was a new house in Ashburn, and there were probably still boxes sitting around um, with my three young children. So I got, oh, so yeah, I was just kind of dreading it. I don't blame you having two small children myself. Like, it was not easy. So you go to the retreat, you open up a little bit. What happened after the retreat? Well, everyone, you know, went home. Um, it was late on Sunday afternoon when the retreat uh, wet, wrapped up. So it was probably dark by the time I got home. Put the kids to bed. Uh, wandered into my living room, and people started knocking on my door, which is kind of funny when talking about door knocking. Um, and one by one, people started coming in and bringing food and turning on the TV. We watched a movie and talking and laughing about things. No one mentioned to me, oh, I'm here to minister to you. I heard you were depressed. <laughs> It, and pretty soon, I'm pretty sure most of the 30 people that were in Gateway at that time were in my house. Um, amazed my kids didn't wake up. But that was a turning point for me. And it was a turning point because up until then, I had felt like I was alone in my depression. I felt like I couldn't share it with people. People don't want to hear that. Um, and after that, I was, I've never, and it's been a long time, it's been 25 years. I've never really been alone. So that's what community can do for you. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And Becky, I know you were here pretty early on in Gateway's uh, history as well. But from what I understand, you and Tom had moved to Virginia, kind of looking to make a fresh start after some pretty serious personal loss back in California. Um, talk to us a little bit about you know, that. Did you get the fresh start you were looking for? Um, not really. <laughs> I, I think I thought if we moved clear across country, we could leave some of our pain behind, and clearly that's not possible. <laughs> um, we were both hurting, and we dealt with it differently, separately, and honestly not well. Um, it, we found ourselves in a new place, and no family nearby, um, just trying to keep up a good front for our four-year-old, um, kind of carry on. 
And I found myself pregnant again um, with a difficult pregnancy. I was hospitalized for a month and then um, our daughter Katie was delivered early, um, a month early, and we spent time in the NICU again, which brought up a lot of um, painful memories. And I just found myself living in fear. I mean, that sounds not like a good fresh start for sure. Um, but I hear it also got worse before it got better. Tell me about that. Yeah, so a couple years later, um, my husband Tom entered a very deep depression. I promise if you come to Gateway, you don't necessarily have to suffer from depression. <laughs> it's not an earmark of coming to Gateway, first-timers. Okay. <laughs> but it is common among everybody. Um, we tried to keep up a good front, um, but inside we were crumbling. Um, about that time, Tom had a very big confession for me, which honestly was devastating, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, He'd been in counseling for his depression, and so um, I joined him there for a little while, but it didn't really seem to address our issues, and um, we just sort of stopped going. Coincidentally or not, um, prior to that, I had been invited to my very first ever Bible study. Um, a neighbor friend invited me to, to join this Bible study, and I really think God just put me in a place where um, I needed to be at that time. Um, this particular friend is the first person I actually opened up and shared anything. I thought if we left, I didn't want other people to know our story. I didn't want people feeling sorry for us. So she's the first person that I um, opened up and shared with. I love that. And it, I understand that you started attending this small group and really started to kind of dip your toe in the Christian community water. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I was doing this um, neighborhood Bible study, and then she invited me to something she called small group or home fellowship. We keep changing the name. <laughs> but um, so I kind of came to Gateway through the back door through small group. She invited us to come, and we did. Um, we found people studying God's word and sharing their lives openly and honestly, and it terrified me at first. I would come and sit there and just pray. Nobody would ask me something that I didn't want to share because I was just going to start crying or something. Um, but they didn't, and they just accepted us. And over time, we felt comfortable enough to open up, um, coincidentally or not. Again, Tom and I both shared for the first time our whole story um, on the same day, but two different places. I was at a retreat with the women from the Home Fellowship, and he was at a men's breakfast. Um, so it just became a safe place for us. Um, Tom got invited to go to Bible studies, to meet and pray in the morning. Um, yeah, we just found that we could be honest, share our struggles. Um, the very things I'd been trying to hide were really what needed to come out in order for us to have healing. And we found we found that there. We found healing, acceptance. We learned about God's grace in a way that we had never experienced. We'd both grown up thinking you had to earn it, and um, that's exhausting and impossible. So, um, Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hear that after you guys, and I think it's interesting because sometimes it's a slower journey to kind of let people into the mess. Um, mm -hmm. But after you guys did that, you really started engaging in Christian community. Tom even underwent a pretty big transformation, isn't that right? Absolutely. I mean, as a result of being a part of Christian community, it rescued us, but it also changed our marriage. And um, at that point, we decided to go back into counseling, but this time we chose Christian counseling. And um, 
yeah, Tom's priorities completely changed. No longer was he interested in just climbing the corporate ladder, but he wanted to, um, he wanted to help other men. He wanted to, you know, kind of give what he had received. So um, he helped start a, a men's um, group ministry, something here, um, that he co-led for like 10 years. And um, we just started getting involved. We, um, I mean, we did start coming to church eventually. Um, you we, can't hide. We'll find you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we did home fellowship leaders. We got on teams. Um, Tom eventually became an elder. We both did lay counseling, which was an awesome way for him to give back. Um, he lost his job, was laid off for about six months, and he really wanted, he struggled. He wanted to go into counseling. He just felt called to that. And... Um, Wisely, Ed shared with him that his passion didn't necessarily have to be his profession. So, because he, he was overwhelmed with the amount of time and hours in school. So it allowed him for the last, his last years, just to be able to um, meet with men, pray with them, and kind of share what had helped him. Mm, that's great. And I know you mentioned his last year. So um, in 2000, 16, Tom was diagnosed with bladder cancer and then passed away a couple years after that. Um, tell us a little bit about how community showed up for you in that season. That honestly was the greatest example of community I've ever experienced. Um, we had a constant stream of people in and out of our house, whether they were coming to bring food, offering to take him to chemo, um, mow our lawn, offer financial assistance. I mean, they just showed up, and that was incredible. Um, the most amazing gift out of all of this was when Tom was too sick to come to church, Gateway brought church to us. Literally, Sundays, we'd have a, at least 20 people in our family room. Sometimes it would be from his home fellowship or his men's group or our home fellowship. Friends, neighbors, co-workers, we would just invite different people different weeks. And um, Jordan and Ed led the most incredible worship I've ever been a part of. And I honestly experienced heaven on earth right there in my house. Um, our darkest days were filled with God's light. And I just have to say that um, for me, for us, community has been and continues to be Jesus' hands and feet. And for that, I thank you, Gateway. It's to God be the glory. Thank you both for sharing your stories. Yeah, and these are just two of probably hundreds um, similar stories here at Gateway. So I'm going to end us in prayer, ladies. Lord God, um, thank you so much for Evie and Becky's stories. Lord, thank you for uh, putting purpose through their pain and, and the bravery that they've shared uh, today. And thank you, Lord, for Gateway and, and true, authentic Christian community pray that it stirs hearts and minds um, today, and we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All God's people said? Amen. Okay. I want you to hear from a couple of people who are newer to Gateway, um, but I'm really sorry we don't have time to get full stories. I gave them 40 seconds, which is not a lot of time, but uh these are three awesome people, a couple awesome ladies and a terrific student who, by the way, still Justin, the, the offer still goes, I want to be your agent. Um, so Bertie, uh, how did you come to Gateway and why did you stay? Um, 
my son forgot some artwork at preschool. <laughs> so he came to preschool here, um, COVID hit, dad passed away. I was just, whatever, going through a lot. Um, a year later, I got a phone call. Let me back up real quick. I prayed that week for a women's group and to start waking up early. And a week later, I got a phone call saying, hey, do you want to come pick up Charlie's artwork? I was like, you still have it? I would have checked it. So Michelle Bowden called me, and she was like, hey, I heard you're interested in joining a group. Um, and she said, I have a perfect one for you. So I joined a small group, um, was with them for six months. The one-year anniversary of my dad's passing was coming, us struggling, and I, in our early morning group, I told them, I want to just run into the church and have people grab me. And they said, okay, we'll meet you there Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, wow, because they go to the 11. I could only go to the 9. And sure enough, they met me here. And it was amazing. They prayed for me. Um, and it just showed me, everyone keeps talking about community. It showed me that people are willing to shift their schedules, meet you where you are, so you could get to where you're going. That's, that's neat. Um, Brittany, uh, how about you? How did you end up coming, and why, why did you stick around? So uh, me and my husband, we moved to South Riding. I'm from this area originally. He's from Virginia Beach, and uh, we were looking for a family church. Um, the church I'm from is about 20 people, so very small. Um, so we, we live in this area. We saw Gateway, and we're like, okay, well, let's just start here. Uh, this is the beginning of January. We said we'll give it a this month. Year. This year. This year, yes, yeah. this 2023. And uh, we'll give it a month, see if we like it. So we came in, and the first thing, uh, we, we came to the doors, and someone says, welcome. We're just, like, happy to have you here. And I'm like, okay, that's a good start because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people here. And, uh, and we went in, and we came in. Um, we checked in our son at the um, infant class, and that was just very helpful and we came into the service and we just enjoyed the service, enjoyed the music and it was at the beginning so they actually talked about small groups and coming from a small church I didn't know what that was and um, we're like should we do it? We, stopped, we kept coming to more services and we're like okay let's try it and we jumped in and we, um, had, we joined a really good small group and it's just a lot of genuine community and it was just amazing. You come in, it doesn't feel big and you just feel just welcome and surrounded by love, and it's very genuine, um, which is really nice. So we started in January, we loved it, and we just stayed here. So. Justin, your turn. So uh, I asked you this yesterday on the phone, Justin, and I told you I wanted to bottle your answer. So Justin, what, what do you connect to? You're a student, what grade are you in? Um, I'm in seventh. Okay, so what do you connect to here at Gateway? Um, there are a lot of different things to connect to here at Gateway which is really awesome, but one of the main ways I connect is by making friends in Gateway Middle School youth. Awesome. Okay, so I've asked the three of them if they would lead us in prayer, Gateway, and we're going to have Bertie pray just a prayer of gratitude. And uh, Brittany's going to pray for new people because some of you are out there. And then Justin's going to pray for the next generation. Uh, some of us will not be here forever. So uh, we need the next generation to step up and get going. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the obedience of two willing hearts who said yes and followed your direction to pack up their lives and move to Virginia. Thank you for what you have done in and through this church. 
Everything belongs to you, and we, we know that all of this is because of you. Thank you for the times you have directed us. Thank you for provision over the years, both in money and in time and energy and talent of your people. Thank you for your sovereignty and just your love. Lord, we specifically thank you for the marriages that have been saved, for the relationships that have been formed, relationships that have brought healing and encouragement, for the times of refreshing, for the lives that have literally been saved, for the students that have been discipled, for the adults that have been discipled, for deepening us, uh, for calling us out toward others, for calling us in toward one another, and for calling us up toward you. Lord, thank you. We have experienced your fingertips here over and over again. We thank you for this physical facility. We thank you for releasing your resources and enabling us to build it. We thank you for the leaders that have been planted here. And we thank you for your presence that meets us here every week. God, your goodness and your love fills our hearts with such a deep gratitude, and we thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for the church and for many who are new here, and thank you for direct us, directing us here. We know, we're, we know we're not here on accident. Please, Lord, show us where we are needed to help move the work of your church forward. Please use us as you see fit, as we know that we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. Our hearts, our minds, our schedules, and our very lives are yours. We surrender them all to you. I pray that you open our hearts to your ways and guide us to help serve and lead the movement of your church into the next generation. Please, Lord, show us how we can use our gifts to build others up and to build your church. I know, Lord, with you we can do all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, thank you for all the people who have invested their time and money and their spiritual gifts to make this church what it is. Lord, I pray for those of us who are part of the next generation. I pray that we would be able to do our part. Right now, help us to learn what we need to learn. Help us to build our understanding of ourselves and the world overall on your truth. Protect us from influences that would lead us in the wrong direction and away from a relationship with you. Lead us not into temptation, but strength to resist when we need to resist. I pray specifically for those of us who are struggling with anxiety and depression. Give us your peace. I pray for those of us who are struggling to figure out who we are. Give us direction. I pray for those of us who don't have a sense of purpose. Lead us, Lord, where you want us to go. Grow us into the people you created us to be. Prepare us to be workers and leaders and servants and wives and husbands and fathers and mothers who give you glory. Do mighty work among, the, among students in this area. God, save us. Thank you for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. All right. Yeah, you can give them a hand. So we say almost uh, every Sunday here at Gateway, we don't believe that you're here by accident. Uh, we don't believe you're here by accident. I don't know what circumstance or set of circumstances has brought you here this morning, but welcome, and we don't believe you're here by accident. Thanks for coming. 
especially those of you who are old friends. Thanks for uh, sacrificing and, and coming this morning and helping us celebrate what God has done. There are an awful lot of stories that we could tell this morning that would illustrate that uh, what you see is not about uh, strategic planning, and it's not about good leadership. It, it's really just the work of God uh, here. I, I remember when we, some of you have heard me tell this story, when we bought this property years ago, uh, there was a developer who, who saw this piece of property. We, we used to own a, a larger section than just what you see today. We owned uh, across uh, Gum Springs Road, over where the Dash Inn is, we owned all of that as well, and across the street over here where the little Exxon is and the nail salon, we, we owned that as well. Uh, a developer saw this property, again, when none of your houses were here, and he thought, awesome. Uh, he, I think he envisioned building a mall here, and this was when malls was, were still a thing. And uh, he came out, he's a pretty new Christian, he came out here as a walk in the property, he felt like God spoke to him for the first time in his life, I think. And, and God said, you know, that property is not yours, it's mine. And I want to raise up a church for this area and put it on that property. I believe that he's done so. Uh, many of you have heard of Francis of Assisi. Francis was an influential church leader in the 13th century. Uh, he was an Italian, and Francis was sitting in a broken-down church in San Damiano, Italy, when he first said yes to God. What happened is Francis had a sense that God said to him, I want you to rebuild my church. And Francis could be forgiven for believing that what God meant was, you know, to rebuild the structure that he was in. So he began doing that, but soon the call on Francis's life grew much, much larger. Francis would walk away from a very large family fortune, and he would start a revolution, a revolution. That revolution reformed and renewed the church throughout the whole continent of Europe. It really altered the course of European history. So it's striking that uh, the man whose ministry had done that much, at the very end of his life, very near the, the end of his short life, Francis gathered a group of his most devoted followers around him and called them to action. And listen to what he said. They report that Francis said, Brothers, let us begin, for until now we have done very little or nothing. Even though we have witnessed God do some incredible things here at Gateway, brothers and sisters, let us now begin. For up to this point, we've done very little. And if we truly do begin, I, I, I think we will see God do even more amazing things in the next 5, 10, and 25 years than he's done so far. So this, today, this is not just a remembrance. This is a call to arms. Now, I will not be here in 25 years. Or if I am, I will be mumbling somewhere over in the corner incoherently. But some of you may be, and even if you are not, we are setting the stage for what will be here. So, what do we do? How do we begin? If we want to see God do even more amazing things in the next 5, 10, and 25 years than he has done so far, what do we do? 
Well, I think God has some very big and very specific things for us to do, but I'm not here to talk about that. What I want to talk about today is where we begin, or at least the beginning of the beginning, and I think I know what that is for each of us, even for those of us who are not connected to Gateway. The beginning of the beginning is that you and I would be the hands and feet and voice and eyes and ears of Jesus for someone near us in need. In other words, we begin by meeting the needs of those around us in Jesus' name. I'll bet it's not hard for you to imagine a young couple that, that lives near you, and they are struggling because they're, they're far from home, uh, they're away from their family. Um, young couples are always struggling. <laughs> I got too many things to do and not enough, and not enough time. And you're there to be the, the ears of Jesus, to listen, like someone listened to Becky. Or maybe there's, there's a man that you work with. He's overly busy. He's, uh, he's, he's got too many things for not enough hours in the day. Or maybe he's just got questions. And you're the one who's got some answers. Or, or maybe there's an older person who who feels alone or abandoned. Or maybe there's a young woman, a young woman who lives near you or a young woman who works with you. Uh, uh, she's just struggling to figure out who she is, where she fits. She's also away from her family, and maybe she's wondering about the lack of a significant other in her life. Or maybe she's a single mom, and she's trying to carry a lot of responsibility, too much responsibility. Or maybe there's a teen trying to figure out who they are. Or maybe, or maybe there's just a person at work who needs a friend. Or maybe there's a neighbor or a coworker who needs to be invited to your small group or invited to this fellowship. Maybe there's a marriage right on your street or in the cubicle next to you that's exactly where, where Tom and Becky's marriage was. And they need to be invited into your life and into the life of authentic Christian community, a group of people living the life of Jesus with and for one another, sharing their lives and resources in a way that is loving and interdependent and radically open to others. And I think you can begin to see what this looks like when community coalesces, when community gathers. And I want you to envision for a moment your part in this, your part in authentic Jesus-centered community and what that can look like when, when your life begins to take shape like Don and Hallie Cranford's. All right, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to grab one of those puzzle pieces, even if you have to break up your well-crafted puzzle. I want you to grab one of those puzzle pieces, and I want you to write someone's name on that puzzle piece. You don't have to share this with the table. One of, one of these people's, not literally these people's, but one of, one of these people are really needy, by the way, but I, I, I want you to write someone whose story is in need, around you, near you, next to you, on your street, in the office beside you, someone, someone in your family, someone that you feel moved to share the love of God with and to invite them into this journey.